hey fans, we all love some good music. A variety of music. What if we could bring Chriswell Studios to you 24-7? That's a long work schedule. Maybe, but you know, we just might have it. The best variety of music for multiple decades live on your phone 24-7 with our Gay Orlando Live online radio station. Better known as Go Live. Download the TuneIn app and search for Go Live or go to kristenwill.com for more info. So, tune, tune in. in. 24-7 worldwide. Feel the hits. Go live. this what about our life is it that bad no what about our life with chris and will oh the show that gets you talking yeah and these two haven't stopped talking for three seasons (laughs) what did the policeman say to his belly button (laughs) what you're under a vest (laughs) okay buddy Welcome to the show. It's the first 2022 Stay Well episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. Yes! How are you guys? We are so excited to be back with you once again. So much stuff going on. Exciting stuff. Yes, and we're going to tell you all about some of it. Some of it. Today on the show, though, we are talking about all about letting go of mental toxins. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah. Very, 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 very good one. So we're good. Mm-hmm. We're good. It's been a crazy start of the new year. Um I wouldn't say, well, there were some bad moments. There were some good moments. There were some testing moments. And then there were sleep moments. and But we're fine. <laughs> yeah. We've just been busy. We're preparing for a lot of stuff going on this year, kicking off in the next couple of months. I love it. Yes. A lot of stuff we can't release quite yet. Mm-hmm. But it's happening. It's happening. This is going to be our year. I'm telling you, our year. Mm -hmm. As far as our week is concerned, oh my goodness. Uh, We seem to be going to Universal a lot. (laughs) Universal is doing uh, Mardi Gras right now. Um, Hopefully we'll be able to bring you guys to see it on another show and Mm -hmm. talk some more about it. So we're not going to go much into that quite yet. But, um, you know... That's kind of like all this we're bringing up is is our brand focus for 2022. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, our brand focus is all about Prince Charming's, the charm of Chris and Will. Yeah. And we're not conceited. No, 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 no. Everybody keeps coming to us and talking about our charm when we have it. Confidence. Um, yes. Yes. You know, it's so hard to talk about that, though, because... You almost sound conceited. And then, you know, you, you sit here and you you go, you try to be, we're, we're being everything of who we are over the years. And the, we've lacked over the years, though, of ourselves. And too many people have tried to make us out to be something that we're not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've had this in, in a few debates and a few conversations with a couple of people that we know. And this is the thing. 
what makes us different from the world and from people that we know is the fact that we do things differently. Mm -hmm. We are responsible for the stuff that we say, more importantly, than the stuff that we do. Yes. And, you know, if Chris and Will feel confident about something or powerful about something or really feel something, then we're going to go after what makes us those individuals. And for so long, so many people have tried to make us feel things differently because they couldn't do it or they wouldn't do it. Exactly. Or they felt differently about Mm -hmm. it. But um, always remember, I think for ourselves, always remember that no one else went through these struggles the way we did. Mm -hmm. No one else went through our life the way we did. Um, They have gone through stuff in their own way. And yes, we're not saying we're the only ones who have had stuff to go through. No, that's not what I'm saying. We had to go through it. What we went through personally for ourselves is how we built ourselves now. And that's what's important. And I think that I read an article, and the reason I bring this up, because we did see Miss Diana Ross in concert at uh, Universal just recently. And I read an article where somebody had, uh, actually Oprah had asked her a question, Hmm. if she demands to be called Miss Diana Ross. And she goes, no, I don't demand for Miss to be called Miss Diana Ross. I've earned it. And in that statement, that's actually very true. It can be it, it can be conceded in a way, and people can think of it as in a certain way. But when you've gone through things in your life, and you've and you've dealt with things in your life, and you've done things in your life, then you've kind of earned where you are in life. And I think that when somebody tries to downgrade me or us and pull us below them for something they can't accomplish, mm-hmm. then that's when I sit there and say, no, I'm not necessarily going to get over it. I'm going to sit there and tell you how I feel about it. I have reached a level of my life myself and I have earned what it, the next level that I got to go yes. to is. Mm-hmm. And that's clearly what it is. So, so yeah. So what we've done for this year so far is we've given ourselves that dignity and saying, we matter. We're the ones pushing through what we got to push through. And, you know, if if people want to support us, they're welcome to. If they don't or don't like the way we are, you know what? There's the door. Well said. There's the door. Yes. That's, that's mm-hmm. just the way it is. Yeah. You know, and so it, so, so yeah, so we're going to get more into that a little later, but, um, and there'll be more episodes about that and all that fun stuff, but we are finally introducing one first thing here we go oh here it is yes we are starting up our own streaming network oh my gosh yes that's right we are opening up the cali new york live streaming network it can be live streaming network or live streaming network ah living live and live the dreams, as I say. So all of Kristen Will's greatest projects that we we will always be creating and beyond will be on this network first, and then we'll go to other stra- streaming strapping. Oh my God, <laughs> streaming platforms later. But um, we are so excited that we will be introducing content from other people. Yeah. Uh, Chef Blythe Beck is gonna be having her own channel. Uh, other celebrities will be joining us and putting in some of their content on our network. Plus, we will be teaming with other studios. So just like a regular streaming network, you will be able to experience it directly through our Cali New York Live streaming 
Network. Exciting. Live and Live. That's the name of the network. Yes. L-I-V-E. Yes. It will begin in summer of this year, and we will be shooting out a lot of previews until then, where you will be able to see first-time episodes or numerous episodes until the, the network officially jumpstarts. Uh, we have we don't have a lot of details about it quite yet. We're still working on whether it will be an ad-based network or ad-based and uh, pay subscription-based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or both. We don't know that yet. We're working on that. We're trying to see where our levels are and what we will have. We also don't know how much content we will have. We will have a lot. I do know that. But uh, we are still working on that. So... So, yes, yeah, so that's coming in summer of 2022. And, of course, you can go to our website to get all that information. And part of that is a new show of Chris and Will. It's called A Moment of Their Life. Oh, my god! The first episode is coming out very soon, within the week. And it's going to feature interviews that we did with Judy Collins. And it's going to – we are we were invited to go see a Judy Collins concert recently. And we are going to be rating that concert and that performance of judy collins so it's gonna be great it is a behind the scenes show that takes you behind the scenes of everything that chris and will does behind the microphone basically mm-hmm. yep it's gonna be exciting so we're looking forward to that you can go to our website to find out all that information but we are so excited to be having that a lot of stuff yes yes a lot of stuff yeah and the new episode you guys is going to be introducing some more new stuff that's that we've got working on i mean we we have time we we do make time to go play because we like to go walk and exercise and you know we got to work off this covid body as i keep saying to people (laughs) uh or at least i do because willie doesn't gain anything i eat one french fry and i've gained 60 something pounds willie eats one for a whole bag full of french fries and does nothing uh so you know so yeah so we're working hard towards it we got a lot of tour dates we're going to be jump starting our documentary tour dates and the course of documentary is finally going to come out this year we are so excited about that so so much so much stuff going on but this week we are so happy to introduce you to the first episode of a moment of their life which will feature next week and of course introducing the world to our new live streaming network there it is our live network yes (laughs) yes again go to chrisandwill.com for all that great information and then uh, you'll get the website links for the new streaming network when that becomes available. You can also see a preview of the first episode um, on our website as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, we're, we're absolutely looking forward to it. But let's go on to our topics today. Okay. We've got an exciting self-help stay well episode with you today. I am mixing up my words. That is totally fine. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's totally fine. Totally fine. It's That's fine. okay. You know what? Because you know what? We're all, we're fine. Yes, we're good. Yeah. It's all about, we're having fun. That's yeah. The, that's the way it works. It's our you got to right? enjoy life. That's right. That's I right. Mean, you, you have to. I you mean, do. that's what it's, you what, absolutely that, that's do. what it is. <laughs> well, our first topic is going to be called seeing yourself. Ah. That's right. Seeing ah, okay. yourself. Okay, okay. You know, we all, we've talked about this so many times that we don't label people by um, the color of their skin, their background, who they are, blah, blah, blah. We label them as it's their style. Yes. I find that to be so interesting because you know what? You make up your style. However you see yourself in the mirror, however you want people to perceive you, that's your decision and how you want to do it. 
and there's always room for improvement because style remember comes and goes style changes a lot so mm-hmm. why not consider yourself in a style that says you know i you know yeah we're gay but at the end of the day gay is technically our style you know we have a lot of different ways of doing things some some people don't actually think that we are gay believe yeah. it or not <laughs> um but uh but yeah so we like to look at things as your as style so if you visualize yourself on your uniqueness and what makes you who you are that is your style the one thing i've had to learn over the recently i think is when i've had to go back and look at some of my older pictures that i've taken i criticized myself so much because i thought i looked so bad and i thought that i looked so fat i i have a problem with my weight guys that's that's a big thing i have a problem with that it's very hard to get get off because you know it's an inheritance in my in my opinion plus it doesn't help that um you know i do take a lot of uh meds that do do make me hungry and of course they it doesn't help that uh i love french fries and have to have five bags of them it doesn't help you know it doesn't and i love i come from louisiana i'm a chef i love to eat that's a hard thing to to do whatever but anyway so when I look back and I look at those pictures, I'm like, wow, I actually didn't look that bad as much as I thought I did. And so for now, I have to kind of tell myself, it's like, you know, I'm working on my style. It's ever changing. Of course it is. But I also have to respect who I am and what I look like, because at the same time, I know what my struggle is. I know what I need to change and I know how I need to be. So I'm not impressing anybody. If you don't like to look at me because of a certain weight, then have at it. That's your judgment in life. That is your judgment in life. Because I look at it as sitting there saying, don't we have enough judgmental people in this world Mm -hmm. that we need to have those people around us telling us how much we weigh and why it matters? And why do you care? I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going to make fun of somebody because they're, they're overweight, why do you care? You don't have to hold that weight. You don't have to hold that struggle. You don't have to go through that. And you definitely don't know what they struggle through internally. You don't know the why they got that way. I don't believe that a person wakes up and says, oh, look, I'm going to gain 20 pounds today. I don't believe people do that. I believe that people people have reasons for why they get there. I mean, it's no different than sitting there going, okay, well here, let me talk about your anxiety. Let me talk about your your mental health. I don't believe you wake up every day and say, I'm gonna be a prick, or you're gonna wake up every day and say, I'm gonna go, oh, go crazy. Exactly. I don't think you do. I think it's just something going on that you have to deal with. So if you don't want people to question you and why you look different, which everybody does, then don't question somebody else's because at the end of the day, if you don't like the way they look, why does it matter to you? You don't have to look at them. Bingo. You is. don't have to look at yeah. them. If you don't like if you don't like the gay world, then that's fine. You don't have to be around them. You don't have to watch them have sex. You don't have to do any of that. I mean, come on. Well, it's true. Yes, like, you I, have, well, anybody doing that. You have the freedom. Yes, yes. You have freedom. So why the hell do you care on what somebody else does in their life? that doesn't associate to you. Exactly, yeah. Just because they're around you or they're in your vibe or whatever for that moment doesn't give you entitlement to say, oh, here, I'm gonna go make a difference and tell somebody that they're fat and ugly. I Why? Why? I mean, I love all these models on Instagram. They're great to look at and you guys look amazing. 
But when I meet you in person and you're a prick, yeah, you know what? You're you think you're entitled because you have a a sexy body? Well, here, let me give you guys an example. I've slept with some people that had sexy bodies. They don't know how to use their sexy bodies. <laughs> They're horrible in bed. And if you're a sexy body and great in bed, then give me a call. I want to test you out. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, most of the people that have big muscles or are big thingies, they usually suck at it. <laughs> and I'm not saying in a good way. Exactly. I'm talking about sucking with teeth. <laughs> So, yes. yes. So, anyway, your style is your style. Yes. When you look in the mirror, we all find improvements. We need improvements. That's what makes us who we are. You know, and I, I love that philosophy because, I mean, if you if you allow somebody to make fun of you, whether it's weight or whether it's because of somebody's, um, you know, like, uh, I don't know, mental wellness stuff. You know, well, you you know, physical or mental, whatever you want to call it. You know, you're allowing somebody to penetrate those boundaries. You're allowing somebody to take away what is either your style or your value. And I don't believe in that. I don't believe that we should give people the right to do that. I believe we should be ourselves and people respect us. Diligently. See, I don't necessarily think really people give that to them. I think that they give them who they are, and I think people just take it, twist it, and change it. Yeah. And I think what when you when you say give, I think you you see them at first they don't give it. They give it. They give who they are, but they give the person the ability to bully them, and that's where I think that you're right on is that they shouldn't give people the right to bully them. But some people don't understand because bullying can come from family. Yeah. And there is a philosophy. Again, I'm full of philosophies. Yes, I'm full of philosophies. You like my philosophy? <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I always sat there and said, you know, family, they may be blood related, but um, they don't have to stay in your life forever. Because it's not like you had a choice to decide what kind of family you were going to go into. You didn't have a choice, but you can choose the family you end up with. And eventually, when you're able to make that choice to choose a family that you want to be around with, those are usually the best choices of your life. Yeah. You know, because blood is But you're, allow you're allowing the good stuff to stay around is basically... And I, always, I never yeah. understand that when, say, when they say blood is thicker than water. Yeah. How? I mean, explain this... Theory <laughs> to me, if you cut yourself and immediately the first thing you do is go under and sink and wash it off, then how is blood thicker than water? Because if that if that's the case, then water wouldn't wash away the blood. Blood mm -hmm. would just get worse. Right. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But that's part of loving yourself. You got to love yourself because that's all that matters. You got to choose your circle, but keep it small. Mm -hmm. Because what happens when you when you make a bubble too big, it bursts. Yeah. When you fill a balloon too much with too much air, it bursts. When you fill your surroundings with too many people, it's gonna burst, and you're you're gonna have a hard time picking who who to trust. Trust me, I guarantee you. Actions over thoughts. Yeah. I mean, come on. A thought is a thought, but a thought can be a demon just as much as hmm. the action can be. I mean, if you think my actions are conceited, you ought to see what's inside my head. I mean, damn. 
you ever sit there and go through what's inside my head, you'd be... That's a horror movie in itself. It's like navigating, <laughs> I don't know, you got to twist you, and turns and ups and downs. But you know what? You, the, the, I love that you bring that up because then, you know, people are... There's two two sides of this I'm at the moment assuming. People are like, oh, well, what is he talking about? But you got to think about it for for somebody or for people who have gone through so much in their own unique journeys you don't know what that person is or has gone through no and those thoughts they may or may not think that you know wherever that person's at may think that well, am i actually thinking this or is this something else so navigating through that and finding out you know hmm well, you know what, just ignore that and go on to something more happy or positive. That's strength. That's... And, you know, it's a good thing, too, because you got to sit there and you go, you know, even heroes have emotions. Yeah. They have feelings, just like villains do. The stuff comes from somewhere. Mm -hmm. If you stop and thought about how a person is, it starts from somewhere. Again, they don't just wake up every morning and sit there and say... Mm. What kind of emotion am I going to pull out today? Here, let me go in the grab bag. Okay, today it says I'm going to be a prick. <laughs> I love that word. I'm going to be a prick today. Okay, so we're just going to be assholes all, all around. So, you know, I don't think they wake up and do that. I think something triggers that. Yeah. And then when something triggers it, they start remembering all the other things that triggered it and and until they can get off of it and let it go, it's never going to go away. You know, and that's called, called building you. That's where you've got to learn how to control you. And you got to keep rebuilding you because as life keeps changing, you have to be able to keep up with what life is throwing at you. And with COVID, I think COVID did that. Mm -hmm. I think COVID gave people a, a learning lesson in life that said, I'm going to give you the opportunity to change. It shut everything down for once in a lifetime. And it gave you the opportunity to decide how you wanted to be in life and yes. what you needed to work on. Yes. If you didn't do that, then the, that's your fault. You still have time to do it. You still have the ability to do it. And no matter how you change, it's going to be hard. If you change jobs, it's going to be hard. No matter what you do, it's still going to be hard. But you got to you got to take risks in life in order for you to feel like it made a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's truly where it comes from. It, it again, it comes from that earning. You have to stand up and say you earned who you are. I mean, at this point in your life, you technically have. But for those that feel like they're entitled, that they go and they do all this stuff and they feel like, oh, well, I have to have this. You're not entitled to anything. You may earn some things in your life, but you're not entitled to anything. And I don't believe that Diana Ross, period, thinks that she's entitled to anything. She is just a key name for herself and gone through some hell. But, you know, we don't know what goes on behind her scenes. Yeah. We absolutely do not. Absolutely do not. Which we talked about this again. Conditional to unconditional. Yeah. I yeah. mean, shoot. That's a big topic in itself. I mean, we could be spending <laughs> so much time on that. Yes. You know, I, I, I love it when people say one thing and then do something totally different. And they expect you to get over it quicker while they don't. And, it, it, I don't and they don't realize that they're conditioning their actions. Yeah. No, they again. That's that's that that's their entitlement. They yeah. think they're going discovering what matters. Now that's cool. There's a key one. Yeah, discovering what matters. I mean, come on, look deep inside and figure out what matters. 
You know, we love people coming over to our place, but we can cut it off. Mm-hmm. We can cut it off. Yep. It's fine. If we don't want people around, that's fine. We know that the people that know us very well know, don't take it personal. They just need some time off, you know, and that's generally what it is. You don't have to believe anything that we've got going on for 2022. That's fine. We just are saying what's going on. Now, if you don't believe it, oh, well, that's that's your business. But you don't have to believe what we have going on. You don't, you could turn the channel, turn us off. That's absolutely your right to do that. We make decisions based off of ourselves and the best decisions. And we make wrong decisions, but we're responsible for what we do. And, you know, we one key thing that Chris and Will, that we do is we allow things to be natural. Yes. We just go with the flow. I mean, we do. We have to be. Uh, we tell ourselves before all this, we've had to tell ourselves that sometimes when we couldn't pay a bill, what's what's going to make what's going to help Chris and Will through this? Mm-hmm. Because, you know what, those bill companies, they don't give a shit if you can't eat. They don't give a shit if you can't do anything. They don't care. They they still don't. They There might be some things that help you now better than they were before, but you have to do what, what matters to you. Yeah. And you have to do what what, you know, allows you to live your life, because when Willie was going through college. I always sat there and told him and say, remember, you're the one that's in that chair. You're the one that's got to do all this. Nobody else has got to do it. So you got to make sure that whatever you do, you're satisfied with. Because if you're not, they're still your choices. Yeah, but my parents say this and this and that. That doesn't matter. You're the one in the chair. Yep, I did Whether say they're that. paying or not, it yep. does not matter. Mm-hmm. They're, you're in the chair. Yep, and you're I'm so chair. glad. I'm so glad, Chris, you told me that advice. Because well, it makes a it's beyond words on how much it it really well you got to do what's best for you and you got to live your life based around that because you know uh, again it's your life and and think about it they did this what in 2000 and here you are 20 Mm -hmm. years later and in some cases you followed their league and what has happened you're still fighting the same thing 20 something years ago until now when you decided to stop you know doing all that you know what i'm saying yeah. So, I mean, you just got to make the changes with it. And and there and people can be toxic. Things can be toxic. Mm-hmm. Viruses are not just to- toxic. You family can extremely And it be can toxic. be done in such a way oh, yeah. that it's uh, um it, it's it's it, it, um well, oh, yeah. how do I how do I want to put it? Not like mind washing. But oh, it's, it's manipulating. Like, it, it's, it's totally like, it's, it can side swipe oh, gaslighting you. as it. Yeah, there it is. is. Yes, there it is. At its finest. Well, yeah. you know. Um, but today on our show, it's another great stay well episode. We are so happy to have her on the show. See, she is a psychotherapist and author of "Using Relentless Empathy and Therapeutic Relationship" is the name of the book. She is a marriage and family therapist, a PhD of couples therapy. She has a master's in mental health counseling, and she is highly extensively trained in emotional focus therapy. We are talking about Dr. Annabelle Bugatti. 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 <laughs> like spaghetti. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. We love Annabelle. She'll, yes. she'll laugh at that. Yes. She'll laugh at that. She's on our show today, and we are so happy to get into this conversation with her and talk a little bit more about this article and some of the things that she does. So sit back, relax. Dr. Annabelle is coming up. Hi, I'm Cami, and I want to tell you about one of the most amazing places in the world Give Kids the World Village. It's a magical place where kids with critical illnesses come from all over the world for one amazing week. 
They get to visit Central Florida's coolest theme parks, celebrate at nightly parties, and enjoy delicious meals. And it doesn't cost them a thing. To learn more about how this magical place works and how you can help, visit GiveKidsTheWorld.org. Chris and Will introducing you to an amazing getaway. For the first time, we both treated ourselves to a day of pampering. If you're in the Tampa, Florida area, then please make sure to treat your own self to a day like we did at Spa Nirvana, a sanctuary for face and body, a spa day for men and women. The staff is so friendly, the place is clean, looks amazing, and the best of it, they're following the safety guidelines during these current times. Truly a professional environment. The cost isn't bad neither. Make your appointment today. Imagine a day where you can get the most incredible stress-free, relaxing massage, body work, facial rejuvenation, and microdermabrasion. They have so much more to offer, including their signature facial services, including an aluminum oxide-free crystal microdermabrasion facial, the lifting facial of mature skin, and the most comprehensive, purifying, deep cleansing facial. Plus, you just can't beat the environment of soothing music healthy snacks and drinks and you just have to see it for yourself guys it's totally worth it this is a weekly thing for us now and i can't wait to go again this is a chris will highly recommendation spanirvana.com is the website you can go to christenwill.com for the link as well spa nirvana 811 court street clearwater florida 33756 call 727-447-7546 to make your appointment today. Services are by appointment only and they are filling up fast. So treat yourself, your inner self, to a vacation day at Spa Nirvana. I miss cooking and I definitely miss feeding you. I'm Chef Life Beck and I'm gonna change all of that. I am offering in-home cooking classes. That's right, we are cooking via Zoom. From coast to coast, north to south, east to west, we are reuniting families, loved ones, Kids, couples, you name it, we're cooking about it. Any cuisine, any time of the day, you just let me know. Let's get in our kitchen, let's cook together, and let's love on each other. It's a great way to stay connected while socially distancing. I can't wait to cook with you and your family. Go to theblythebeck.com for details. We are honored to welcome Dr. Annabelle Bugatti. Tell our guests a little bit about your background and what exactly that you do. Well, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I have a private practice. I have my PhD in marriage and family therapy with an emphasis in couples counseling. I'm also a certified emotionally focused therapy supervisor and clinician, which means that I've done a lot of work and a lot of training to uh, in a type of model that has actually been proven to be the most effective at helping couples and relationships. And so I've highly trained at it, made it my purpose and mission to get really good at it. And uh -huh. I also help train other therapists in how to use the model effectively. So, and you know, I've been through terrible marriage counseling myself before I became right. a therapist. And I decided I don't want to offer my clients any of that. So right. I want to give them what works. Yes, right. yes. You kind of want to make it more personal to them to where they can understand it yeah. in a sense. So that's good. Yeah. 
That's and, it, you know, if you have something that's demonstrated to be effective, why wouldn't you use it? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. So one of the things that was kind of pointed out is you talk a lot about, uh, and you have your new book out, which we'll talk in a little bit, but uh, you talk a lot about empathy. And I mm -hmm. actually kind of like the word. Uh, I've seen mm -hmm. the word be used in a negative way as well as a positive way. Um, so tell me, in your your thought process and, and from what you know, why is empathy important in anything, just in anything? Well, I think empathy is what's going to help rebuild humanity. And it is the deepest form of understanding that you can offer another human being. And it is the key ingredient in being able to have tolerance, which uh -huh. is extremely important right now. And it's a pro relationship building behavior and skill. It's not just an emotion, it's a skill and it can be honed. Uh -huh. And I think that it's necessary to help rebuild connections and have healthy relationships. Amazing. I love that. Like, I felt that definitely. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Well, give you a little bit of an insight of uh, Willie and I. Of course, Willie and I have been together for uh, 22, years, 22 now. years now. And Aww. we have, we, we understand each other, but our biggest barrier that I think that, that divides us is other mm -hmm. people. And we find mm -hmm. that to be almost a problem because we really care yes, and we really yes. give to a lot of people mm -hmm. and you know and mm -hmm. it's almost to the point where we love doing it but it's 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 a bad habit at the same time and well, sometimes you can be too caregiving that it kind of empties your tank and you don't leave enough in reserve for you so mm -hmm. that you have enough to give back to others yes yeah. absolutely absolutely so knowing that now Go ahead. Can I jump in with you guys? Because you said you were together for 22 years. Yes. And you shared one of your barriers. But how about you guys share, everyone, what are some of your successes? Because 22 years is amazing, you guys. <laughs> thank well, you. thank you. I think our success is always, well, I say it is it's always surviving. And it's always standing next to each other and saying, you know what? I really freaking hate you right now. But that's okay because in five minutes minutes i'm gonna turn that message around yes and and sit there and say okay now i can't live without you exactly so I think our, our, right. for me but you my, know how amazing that is because a lot of people like when they when their partner's angry at them or they're angry at their partner they kind of it's almost like they cannot hold anger and frustration in the same space that they hold love it's like Maybe I like secretly want to smother you with my pillow right now, but I still absolutely adore you. And I can be totally angry, totally pissed off at you, but still you're the love of my life. And those yes. two things can coexist at the same time. And the fact that you guys have been able to figure that out and hold space for those two things together. And it's far more than just survival. And I'm sure you guys have survived many, you know, oh, yes. pieces oh, of yes. adversity and challenges. But at some point, you guys also have to thrive. And failure to thrive eventually will lead to a failure to survive in relationships. Mm, very interesting. Well, don't get me wrong. We have our, our moments of, of arguing. But I think the funny thing is we of always course, laugh at each other. Time. We laugh at each other all the time because when we're in a deep argument and a deep <laughs> fight that you would think, oh, they're headed for divorce. We actually, when we take a breath, we sit there and go, are we really mm -hmm. arguing about this? 
It's like, are we really yeah. just getting, you know, we our minds sit there and start, and then we start laughing at yeah. each other, and we're like, okay, yeah. we're not going to do that again, and but, then we end up doing it again. So, yeah. Yeah, then you're able to catch a breath together, and then you're able to kind of back up, and you're able to problem solve together, like, how did fighting over the dishwasher become like this <laughs> oh, yeah. go to the mat thing, you know, oh, yeah. and I promise. <laughs> People do not get divorced over the dishwasher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? There's right. always something more to it. And it's when we can't express that something more, then it ends up seeming on the surface like it's just about the dishwasher. But I love that you guys are able to laugh together, take a breath, regroup, come back in. That's amazing, you guys. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Well, we've had to learn. Uh, you mentioned the word failure, and that was one thing that we mm -hmm. kind of kept out of our vocabulary for mm -hmm. a long time. Because, you know, um, we always grow up, for me, growing up in the, in the 80s or in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, yeah. you, you didn't have technology to go look up stuff and, and so forth. All you had was grandparents, you know. And so mm -hmm. your grandparents, my grandparents would give me the wisest decisions or wisest advice ever. And the one thing that they taught mm -hmm. me was they go, you know, don't ever put failure in your vocabulary because if you... If you say that you failed, that means you've quit. If you say that you, mm -hmm. if you you say that oh well I made a mistake or this happened and you learned from it, then you technically haven't failed because you're you're still continuing. You're still you're still thriving, as you would say. You're still thriving to accomplish whatever it was that you were trying to accomplish. Sure. So and I think you can that. fail and still keep going. I mean, that's that's beautiful advice. But I think people have to be able to tolerate that they're going to have failure sometimes. True. It's when people cannot tolerate failure that they won't. They start fighting for something that they don't even know what they're fighting for anymore. It's just mm. maybe they become more more fighting for not failing versus understanding is the thing that I'm fighting for even healthy for me to be fighting for. Wow. And, wow. you know, if you're willing to take in that failure, you can learn from that lesson. But if you're not even willing to tolerate that, because most people, when they think of failure, it's like, why is that so catastrophic to fail? Right. right? It doesn't mean that you're, that you're not a good person or that you're not going to learn or grow on go on and be successful. But I think for a lot of people, it means very catastrophic things. Like if I fail, then I'm not going to be seen as a good partner. And then maybe right. my spouse won't like me and they won't want to be in a relationship with me, or maybe I'll get fired or I won't get dad's approval or I'll appear weak or any of that. So people just become too averse to failure that they don't even recognize if what they're fighting for is even healthy. Right. Wow. Wow. Very interesting. Yes. 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 Indeed. I agree. So let's. I mean, you'll get. We're we're gonna go back and forth with it. So pardon us on, on <laughs> yeah. or back and and forth. Absolutely. <laughs> so so all right. So let's talk about uh, a little bit about a toxic family. So how would you mm -hmm. define a toxic family? And two, I know that you probably deal with this a lot through therapy because that's having a toxic family that just can't keep their nose out of a relationship is probably one mm -hmm. of the biggest causes of a breakup in a sense, I would think that, you know, like having like, for example, uh, we've had we have spent 20 years fighting with his parents yes. until it got mm -hmm. to the point to where we can no longer tolerate them. So we completely 
cut them off. Mm-hmm. We completely shut them mm-hmm. off, turn, change the phone numbers. Had, they have no way of finding anything about him because every time that they had that privilege, I would say, to get in touch with him, it was always it, it was always a fight. It was always about them. It was always yeah. about he's wrong and, and blah, blah, blah. Yes. So when mm-hmm. you... It, so how do you deal with that in a sense? Going back into that's a toxic relationship, that's a toxic family. How do you deal with that? Well, and that's a very difficult dynamic that presents for a lot of my clients. And, you know, when the family isn't supportive, when they come across as unloving and disapproving, no matter what you do, it feels like it kind of violates the code of humanity. And it feels bad to cut people out, you know, because they share blood. People feel like because they share blood, that I'm obligated to keep them around or have relationship with them. And some family members are very toxic and toxic is in, you know, they're very unhealthy. They're not willing to be open to hearing other perspectives. They're not willing to examine their own perspectives. They're not willing to move towards growth or health in the relationship. They just kind of dig in and my way is the only way and I'm not willing to take yours in and Mm -hmm. that's the way it's always going to be and they're not open and no matter how much you try and no matter how much therapy you do or how healthy you are, you could be a saint, but if they're not willing to do their own work, then, you know, what can you do? So, you know, in those cases, sometimes people do have to extricate themselves from those relationships and that's really hard. And when my clients have to do that, I kind of help them with the grieving process is sometimes you have to grieve the loss of that family relationship, the maybe father, son, you know, parent, child relationship that you're never going to get that you always wanted. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you have to, as if it died, because in a way the relationship did die. And sometimes when you can do that and grieve it, then it's easier to have a little bit more of a healthier perspective on it and not expect that approval or those types of things from that toxic family member. And then it's not so painful. Right. Wow. Right. So how would you suggest, uh, cause one of the things that, uh, and, and Willie can jump in at any yeah. time, but one of the things that Willie has complications with is he, he likes to, I don't know if he likes, but what he does is he goes backwards and mm-hmm. he tries to, he tries to explain or fix or change what they actually did. Yeah. Ba- and, yeah. yeah it, it's basically like my parents did something. So I would automatically first shift the blame to myself. Maybe it was something I did. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. um, then I would go ahead and just try to come up with reasons for, you know, because I try to look at it from both sides of you know the situation but i every time it's just i'm the default you know i'm the one to blame and um there's been a lot of um uh i didn't even know this was a thing until a couple years ago um emotional abuse um and Mm -hmm. it's even i mean it's it's a little simpler for me to say that now in comparison to a couple years ago but um it's just Having to accept that, um, it's difficult. It's very difficult. Of course. It's really painful. And it's only natural that when people are in, you know, bonded relationships and things continually don't go right and the other person does blame them, 
and the other person is not willing to accept any ownership over their parts, it's only natural that the other person will go inside and kind of wonder, is it me? Is it really me? Is it all me? Did I do the wrong thing here? And, you know, when there's a lack of health in the relationship, this can go on for a long time where people then just really start internalizing it. And it's like, it's always my fault. And then you accept the blame. And so, you know, helping people to build secure attachment apart from toxic families is is really hard. You know, of course, it's always better if the family is willing to get therapy Mm because it's great when we can keep our family units together. But, you know, being able to help you, yes, own your part, but not own theirs and empower them with responsibility for their own behavior and their own hurtfulness you know, and not own that as your own, even though they may be trying to make it your fault. But that's the way some people work is that when they're not able to look at themselves or own their own stuff, they're going to blame and put everything on other people because it's too vulnerable for them to admit that they're imperfect or they're doing something wrong. And, you know, they've learned that that's effective because other people have allowed it and they can't do it without your permission. So if you stop owning responsibility for their behavior, it stops, it creates that boundary that says, yes, I'll own my part if I've done something wrong or hurtful, but I'm not going to own yours. And I'm wow. not going to feel bad over the hurt that you caused. Wow. That, that I'm just, that means a lot. And I'm really thankful for you saying that um, because there's been many a times to where I've even felt like, like mm-hmm. if I were to hold them responsible for their actions, um, like I'd be mm-hmm. attacking myself. And I know that's yeah. not true, but that's, that's, I guess, the feeling. That's the way it feels. Yeah, of course. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, in families, that is true, is that some people are more attached to being right than they are to being in relationship and they would rather sacrifice a relationship to be right because of what being wrong means to them and that's a terrible thing and sometimes we have these beliefs because we've had other toxic relationships that have said if you speak up for yourself you're going to be rejected you're going to be abandoned no one's going to be there for you so then you stop speaking up for yourself you go along you people please you placate mm-hmm. you accept responsibility for things that you, that aren't yours that you didn't do and it it can be hard to again just empower other people set that boundary to say yes i will accept my stuff but i'm not going to accept yours And just because you want to make me accept it doesn't mean that that's where the blame and responsibility belongs. And just because you don't want to face it doesn't mean that I'm a bad person or I'm unlovable, even though you may try to say that as a way to weaponize me and tug at my heartstrings to get me to do what you want me to do, right? But other times, it's just a matter of taking a risk, recognizing that not everyone who's done that to you in the past is going to do that to you. Mm-hmm. But the only way you're going to learn to trust is to take a risk, to open up and advocate for yourself and let other people hold that space for it and respect and love you in that place. Wow. Wow. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. Yes. Well, let me ask you this one. This Now, we go back and forth with how, at least how I view it and how other people view it. And everybody views this, this whole statement differently. But it's like forgive and forget. 
Um, you know, it's to me, it's a wonderful statement. It's a wonderful program, and it's a wonderful way to process or move on. Except it's super misunderstood. Exactly. Exactly. People have no idea what that means. And even like biblically speaking, because that's where it comes from is in uh-huh. the Bible. It doesn't mean forget as in you have amnesia, like you let yes. people do it to you again. It means that you don't hold it over them as in like you need to get revenge or hold it against them for forever. Not for them. Not It's not saying that what they did was okay. It's for you so that you are not emotionally chained to what they've done to you. It's Thank your way you. of freeing yourself from emotional bondage to that hurt. Thank you. That has been my argument forever because so many people mm-hmm. would sit there and say, well, you just forgive and forget. It's like, I'm never going to forget what has happened to me. At the end of the day, that's yeah. just not going to happen because any given moment of a trigger point, is gonna, it's going to resurface the way it did. It's just that's I have right. to balance how I manage it. Right. And th- so, that's yes. right. Like, I don't forget as in I don't let it not happen to me. Again, I don't let this person do that again, but I forget it in the way that I'm not going to hold this against you forever. Because if I'm walking around thinking about this, how to get revenge, how to like get karma after you, then I am actually thinking about you and I become emotionally enslaved to this hurt that you've done to me that I'm, I'm exhausting my joy and my, my yes. happiness my is gosh. hijacked because I'm consumed by getting revenge on you for the bad stuff that you did. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, and that's how we let people have power over us. And you don't want to give them that power. That is true. Absolutely. Wow. So I'm, I'm going to ask, um, I, I don't know if you, you go through this. What sign are you? Do you go through the, 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 the astrological, sign, the astrological signs? signs? Well, uh, let me throw it back at you. What sign would you guess that I am? Hmm. <laughs> well, um, I would have to say you would either be a balance between a uh, Gemini or a Cancer. I would have to say between the two. Really? Yes. How funny. No, my ex-husband was a Cancer. I'm actually a Capricorn. Really? Wow. Wow. Yes. I have a sign in Taurus and I have another sign. So I guess everyone has three signs. I was born in Capricorn. Uh I think my rising sun or my moon or something's in Taurus. And then I have another one that's another feminine sign. So Uh I apparently I have a very unusual astrological chart in that I have three dominant feminine signs. So, yeah. Uh, the reason wow. I say that is because just listening to how you respond uh-huh. in that recent response mm-hmm. says, wow, there's a lot of there's a lot of power there. There's a lot of confidence. Yes. there. There's a lot of meaning there. Yes. And there's a lot of heartfelt. In yes. There. And mm-hmm. at the same time, yeah. you're, you're basically like you're, you're basically coming across and saying, you know, I understand your point of view. However, you need to look at it in this way, because this is really the way it is. This is this is how it comes from. Yeah. This is the way it plants so that's why because i'm a gemini and i and i'm a cancer you know and i do i do the same thing because i'll you know Mm -hmm. i'll sympathize for a little bit or i'll give empathy Mm -hmm. as you would say and then i'll turn around and say wait a minute wait a minute this is how it needs to happen you know and that's where the two sides come from so that's interesting and actually one of my longest uh friends one of my closest friends is a gemini but most of my friends end up being tauruses ironically but i'm like very true to capricorn i am very like ambitious and driven and and strong good head for business 
but I'm also very passionate. I think that comes from having the three feminine signs. Yes. But again, I've also always been attracted to cancers. You know, as I said, my ex-husband, uh-huh. who's a wonderful, wonderful man, talented artist. Um, he's a cancer. And one of my favorite actors, who ironically has the same exact birthday as my ex-husband, Billy Crudup, is also a cancer. Wow. His personality wow. is fascinating when you watch him on his movies. <laughs> That's awesome. That wow. Is awesome. Wow. I know it was a little <laughs> off key, but I was sitting there going, wow, just wondering. Um, so going, you, you talk a little bit about um, when helping divorce through, help, helping couples or ca- helping individuals deal mm-hmm. with divorce. And I kind of like, yeah. I like the methods that you, you have and your perspectives. Would you say that, um, a to- leaving a toxic family would almost be like having going through a divorce or dealing with a divorce. Yeah, in a sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. A, a divorce can recapitulate itself in a variety of relationships, just like a marriage can be. Like if you get into business with somebody, that's like getting into a marriage. Um, yeah, so absolutely, dealing with toxic families can feel like a divorce when you're kind of divorcing the family. And look, again, I get that's not ideal and that's not what we want. But sometimes if your family is not willing to participate in health, that doesn't mean that just because you share blood that you should allow them to abuse you. And, you know, I am very passionate about helping couples and individuals recover from divorce because, look, I grew up in a very religious family. I thought I was the poster child for monogamy, never going to get divorced. You know, none of that bad stuff is going to happen. And then it happened to me. And it's painful, even when it's the right decision. And, you know, a lot, some people can kind of be judgment. Oh, you've been through divorce. How can you help me? Well, because I've been through divorce, right? And I have a lot of clients who have been through divorce and they know I'm not going to judge them. And they know I've experienced that pain. And I want to take my pain, everything that I learned, all the myths that I thought that I had all the lessons I learned and help give that wisdom to the benefit of other couples so that they don't have to go through the pain that I went through so that hopefully they can save their marriage. And if they can't, then I know how to walk through that healing journey with them and I can help them recover and know that, you know what, just because you went through a divorce, maybe you went through two, sometimes you've even gone through three, but it's never too late to go to therapy, to get healthy, to reclaim your love life and to go on and have that marriage, that long lasting partnership. That's the one that lasts and stand the test of time. Wow. Wow. Very nice. Yes. Now explain to me, I found this one interesting too, because I think we kind of share the same um, viewpoint on that. Explain to me the sponge versus the mirror. Ooh, yes. (laughs) I just love that phrase. Okay. So, Thank you for reading my book, by the way. <laughs> we can get along this one, by the way, guys. But yes, yeah, so so in my book, I talk about empathy and the difference between being an empath versus having empathy, which are two radically different things. Uh-huh. But because people don't know, they walk around saying, "Oh, I'm such an empath. I I have empathy for us." No, no. Just because you're an empath does not mean that you have empathy. Because empathy Mm. is an emotion, it's a skill. Being an empath only means that you feel the emotions of people around you. Wow. It doesn't mean that you are actually using that for the better of shaping great relationships. So the sponge versus the mirror really directly speaks to that difference. And 
Because as I mentioned before, empathy is a pro-relationship building skill. It is always in service of a relationship. It is not about you, but you are the most powerful instrument that is essential for empathy to happen. And so with empaths, what they do is when they feel the emotions of people around them, they absorb them and it weighs them down mm -hmm. and then they're emotionally exhausted. Uh -huh. yes, yes, And they're not giving it back to the other person and it, and it becomes about them. And when it's about them, it's not about the other person. And with the mirror, it's instead of absorbing, it's reflecting like you are a resonation chamber. And maybe you didn't go through the exact scenario or situation or events that somebody else went to, but empathy is being able to channel the emotional muscle memory on the inside of you of any similar type of emotional impact that that person had as a result of that experience that they went through. So even though your situation might have been the same, the resulting emotion or the event or situation might have been different, the resulting emotional experience might have been the same. So you're able to allow their experience to come to you and through you as it resonates and you channel that emotional muscle memory, but you don't absorb it and make it yours or make it your own because it doesn't belong to you. It's theirs. So you just put it wow. back out to them and you reflect it to them like you're a mirror. So it bounces comes through you and bounces back towards them as a way to offer the deepest form of understanding that you can offer another human being. Wow. wow. I have a huge smile on my face just hearing that. So <laughs> I'm, I'm really so thankful for you saying that. Now, now I'm how, glad. Smiles are great. Yes, yes. Of course. <laughs> of course. We have to keep happiness in this house. That's the only way, especially now. Especially now. I mean, it's just with um, everything that's been going on in the last year and a half now, it's just been, wow. So, yeah, happiness has to stay in. Yes. So, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. How would you, would you think there would be, now I'm just going to throw this out there. Like I said, we bounce back and forth, but mm -hmm. how would you say mm -hmm. that that would almost be in comparison to what you also mentioned, uh, canceling to connecting? Yes. Yes. So there are relationships that we don't want to cancel and relationships we don't have the luxury of canceling. Like if we have a boss or a coworker who sits in the cubicle next to us, or we own a business and we have a difficult customer that comes to us, or we're a therapist and we have a client that comes to us or a patient, if you're a doctor or a nurse, that is difficult and challenging or a friendship or a mentor, somebody that you actually want to be in a relationship with, but maybe they're saying something that is completely averse to what you believe or how you feel. And, you know, right now we're, we've kind of entered into this place and, and it's so ironic because we're trying to say, oh, we have so much tolerance, but canceling is not tolerance. Tolerance is being able to hold space that someone else has a different view than you do and still be in relationship with them. And empathy is not about tolerating abusive or hurtful behavior, but uh -huh. canceling is just avoiding and it's not actually showing tolerance. And so when you can have empathy, you know, you're able to kind of see through and beneath what happens on the surface into somebody's heart to find out what's actually at the core. And that's usually one of the main ways and the only ways that you can find something to relate to when you can find out what it is that they desire and they're after in their heart of hearts 
that's the fastest, most effective, and sometimes the only way if what they're saying on the surface is like, holy cow, you know, like, I can't believe this, or that's crazy, or that's like, really hurtful or extreme, you know, if you can get to what's in their heart, it's going to be so much easier to be able to understand why they do what they do or say what they say. And even if they have a fundamentally different way of believing, you know, how whatever in their heart may play out or look like in terms of behavior or social policy or opinion, it can make those conversations far more tolerable Uh if they do hold those different views, because now it's like, well, I have something to connect to is that underneath we still share this love of people and you have all this care that I didn't actually know you had because what you're saying on the surface actually looks completely contrary to that. Um, And I, you know, this really came up with some of my own personal experiences. I had mentors on Facebook who were saying some things that were just absolutely extreme and it felt very judgmental Mm -hmm. and I wasn't feeling very accepted. And I thought, hey, you know, in our profession, this is what we try to teach with our clients is how to have acceptance and hold space because within a couple relationships, even like siblings can experience the same event and have two different emotional experiences or and perspectives about uh-huh. it. So we want to help bring two truths together and find a way to have connection. And so, you know, I, it was baffling me that I had mentors, you know, people who had been in the field a lot longer than I had, who had a lot more wisdom, who were taking on these beliefs or, or just these behaviors or antics that, we're so contrary to what they teach. And I thought, okay, wow. this is really bad. <laughs> and it's really scary. And and I want to be able to have a relationship with them because I really respected this person and I want to grow in my career. And I know that if I'm enemies of this person, that's not going to bode well. So what can I do to find a way to have connection? And so I did, I applied what, what I talk about in my book, The Principles. And this is what I teach my couples all the time. And it's easier to tell someone else how to do it than when it's happening to you, you know. And so I really stepped inside that. And, you know, I'm all about being genuine and authentic. You got to walk your talk. So I took those uh-huh. exact principles that I help my clients with and I applied them to myself. And I said, you know, if this was my couple going through this or siblings or whoever, you know, two friends, how would I help them in this situation if this presented itself? So I use that to have a conversation with my mentor and it opened the door to some profound conversation. And I learned some really cool things about my mentor and they learned some things about me. And Uh we were actually able to have a really amazing connection that we would have never had if I had just stuck to what I heard on the surface or the, the rants on Facebook. And if I had just canceled that relationship. So I took something that seemed very extreme, very hurtful And I was able to transform that into a relationship, into a bond, into an understanding, even though at the end of the day, they still believe very differently politically than I do. But I can hold a lot more space, aka tolerance for that, because I know what's really in their heart. And I know that their intentions are not bad. Wow. I love that. Yes. I absolutely love that. So hear me. Let me ask you this one now. These are all correlating uh, a little bit. So how would you say I how would how would you help a person find themselves while they're in dealing with depression? Well, depression is all about having pain, uh, emotional pain, aloneness, um, 
difficult feelings on the inside that they keep on the inside and don't feel like they can turn and share that with somebody else who will care Mm -hmm. and who will offer love and acceptance. And, and that's usually because they've had some experiences somewhere in their life that has taught them that. And it's, it's a way of coping, but also it's, it's a two part process is that sometimes even when they do have somebody in their life that might be secure and safe that they could turn to that would offer that care because Uh of their past experiences that have taught them nobody's going to show up for you or if you open up someone's going to reject you or telling your feelings are your fault or whatever you know they've learned when people are available don't turn to them and don't take it in so first it's being able to take a risk and turn to a healthy other of a good attachment figure, a best friend, a family member, a romantic partner, you know, a mentor, whatever, take a risk and share your pain, but also when they offer you that comfort to allow yourself to actually take it in, not let it just kind of bounce off to you like your Teflon, right? Because if you don't let it come inside, then you're not being nourished on the emotional level where you need to heal. Now, Uh I have an interesting question for like a person who is depressed and they want to open up to someone Mm -hmm. that they can trust or a romantic partner, Mm -hmm. as you had mentioned. Um, If that person has difficulty in expressing their emotions or Mm -hmm. what they want to discuss, like it comes out in increments, like it won't come out all at the Mm -hmm. same time. It's not just like naturally flowing. It's like kind of stuttered Mm -hmm. in a sense. What advice would you give to that person so that they can fully open up and that they can um, receive and fully let in what the trusted person has to advise? Fabulous question. Thank you. That's amazing. Um, So multiple things is a go see an emotionally focused therapist because they're going to help you with that. But most of the time people don't know how to express it a because again, they've not had a lot of successful interactions with close relationships where they could share what they were really feeling and get love and acceptance and support. And B, they didn't have, they, they probably grew up in a relational environment and attachment system that did not teach them how to do emotions. So they don't know how to make sense of their experience yes. and put words to their emotions. So exactly. the less that, the less familiar they are with their emotions and how to make sense of them, the harder it is going to be to put it to words. So, you know, again, going to an emotionally focused therapist can help them start to lean in on the inside, make sense, start to put words, And it's going to be practice. The more you do it, the better you're going to be. The more you know yourself on the inside, the easier it's going to be, the more automatic that information will come to you. But also when you're in a relationship, you also have to be explicit with the other person you're trying to share with, you know, and it is risky because again, if I open up and you don't accept me, that's going to feel like rejection. That's going to be really painful and traumatizing. And But because of past experiences, people are so sure the other person's going to reject them. And a lot of times that's not actually true. But you have to risk to open up to allow that person to love you in order for your nervous system to get a new experience of success so that you know, oh, other people are actually here for me. And I can talk to them and I can let them in. But if you do have a safe other, just turn to them and say, look, I have a really hard time expressing how I feel putting words to it very clearly. So I'm going to try my best right now. If you could just be patient with me and, you know, maybe if I get lost, maybe you could help me, but I just really need a lot of acceptance 
right here as I really try to open up and put words to something that's not very clear to me on the inside. Amazing. Wow. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. So really quick, tell us our, tell us a little bit about your amazing book. We yes. Do, we love it, actually. Yes. <laughs> we really do. So tell us, some, tell us some little insights about it. Awesome. Well, my book, Using Relentless Empathy in the Therapeutic Relationship, Connecting with Challenging and Resistant Clients, you can find it on my website, drbell.com or Amazon Prime. Just Google or type in the search bar, Relentless Empathy, and it'll be like the second book that comes up. But, you know, yes, by the title, it's written for other therapists, helping professionals, but it's not limited to that. I've had lay counselors, pastors, addiction counselors. I've had CPAs read it, doctors, nurses. Um, I even had my IT guy read it. Wow. <laughs> Namely, because I wanted to know, yeah, I wanted to know that people who knew nothing about therapy could read what I wrote, understand it, get something meaningful out of it, and not fall asleep while doing it. So, wow, yes. <laughs> so that's why I had my IT guy read it, and he loved it. So, But it's really about, you know, first off, I – in the book, I talk about the nuts and bolts of attachment science, which to me is like the keys to understanding humanity. Uh -huh. And, you know, I do a lot of workshops for CEOs and corporations and businesses. It's like when they understand attachment, you know, business is trying to make money. Well, it's easier to separate people from their wallet, from their money, when they feel valued and important. And if you don't know how to connect with those customers who are even difficult, who could end up being your best, most valued and loyal customers, by the way, if you don't know how to connect with them, then you're losing out on business. You're losing out on, you know, great business practices that can also change your work environment. Because I have a lot of CEOs and businesses that call me in because they have toxic work environments and I have to do workshops for them. So, you know, again, you don't have to be a therapist to read this book. You're, I right. promise you're going to get a lot out of it. You'll learn the nuts and bolts about uh, attachment science, and it is a science. It's not a theory. It's actually tons of neurological research and medical uh -huh. research and just all kinds of wonderful research about it. And then I go through various types of difficult um, issues or types of personalities that we talk about more in therapeutic circles that people encounter, but again, you know, if you're a business owner, you're going to run into people just like this within even in your own business and your employees. And so I try to really um, unpack those different styles, those different things um, in a way that helps people understand them a little bit better so that they have an ability to channel empathy for them. So that, again, when they encounter these people, they can actually uh, shape those relationships and interactions in a way that's positive and transformative. And the last chapter is all about applying the principles to yourself, walking your talk, how to step inside the principles. And when you're the one in the fire, you know, how you can really live it authentically, and uh, which I'm very, very passionate about. But, you know, I'm ironically, <laughs> I wrote a book and I love to write, but I have a hard time reading books. I have yes. ADHD. Um, <laughs> <Me too>. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm an ADHD therapist. And actually, I help a lot of clients learn how to harness ADHD to be successful. It doesn't have to be the thing that holds you back. Look, I got a PhD and I wrote a book with ADHD. <laughs> you know, so I wrote this book for people that, you know, don't have a lot of time who are busy or that have a hard time paying attention to long books, 
So you can skim it, you can get really good nuggets of information out of it without having to sit and devote, you know, an hour. and it's a short, easy read too. Yes. So it's not going to be like an anthology that's going to take you forever. And I try <laughs> to use more conversational language. Like I want people to feel like we're having a conversation. Yeah, like yes. <laughs> and I like that because I'm the same way. When we started doing this show, it was, and we started uh, getting authors and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I actually have to read books. And, you know, one of the <laughs> producers was like, well, you can hire somebody to read it and they can just give you the cliff notes. And I'm like, like no. but no, but I want to have the experience for myself so I can spontaneously create a question. So then they're like, oh, well, you're going to have to go yeah. read the book. And it's like, okay. So I started getting used to it. But the one thing I love about this book is how current it is needed right now. And I say yeah. that because everything has changed the dynamics of business mm -hmm. life itself has changed and the mm -hmm. one thing that I see that the biggest problem that employers are, are really having now is the fact that people in my opinion have choices now and they have a mm -hmm. lot of choices they can make do they want to stay with this job or go to another one now that they have openings so there's a lot of options available for people and one of the the biggest complaints that we hear over at least over here mm -hmm. is that some of these companies they'll hire people and then these employees will quit within a couple of weeks because the environment is so bad mm -hmm. that they can't mm -hmm. keep people employed and i think that i think this method is such a really useful tool to make these executives understand that mm -hmm. you got to look at the whole picture. You can't just look at your business mm -hmm. uh, part of it because, mm -hmm. you know, if you're losing frontline, then you don't have a business. You have nothing left. Mm -hmm. And so that's right. why I'm, I'm really you're dealing I'm really, with human beings. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love this book so much because it, it kind of gives them that insight that says um, it's really not all about you. It's not completely all yeah. about you. And, you know, we know that you have to make money to run, but can you make money to run this way and do it in this yes. sense? So that's why I love it. And I what absolutely love it. I love what you're saying, too, is it actually goes on both sides of the spectrum, too, is not just for the CEOs, not only for the business owners yes. and the employers and managers and supervisors, but it's also the employees is that, yes. you know, yeah, well, people are walking away from toxic environments, which is so important. Something we need to look at is that uh -huh. also the employees have to develop more toughness. They have to realize it's not yes. about me. It's about the business. I, it's, I can't always be catered to and I'm not always going to like it, but I have to suck it up. And I, you know, because I need to make money, I need to earn a living Right. And, you know, it helps them develop tolerance as well for being able to stay in the business because we really do. It's a reciprocal system. It's, you know, and yes. we have to develop both sides so that there's loyalty, retention, which is important for a business's bottom line, actually, uh -huh. as well, because it costs a lot of money to hire and retrain employees and do severance packages and all yes. those. So. You know, and it, it looks good on your resume when you also have longevity at a business. So it's important yes. for on both aspects. Yes, and I agree. 
I totally agree. And you know, one of the good things about how you do your your teaching methods or your speaking methods, however it is, um, you know, not to promote ourselves, but uh, <laughs> Willie and I actually are in the we're releasing a documentary. Yes, it's going yes. on streaming uh, later this year, awesome. next year. But it yes. goes in the movie. It's going in the movie theaters in the next couple of months, and we've done a few screenings. <gasps> Amazing! Yes, thank you. And actually, what's which is ironic. We have a screening, a free screening that's going to happen in Vegas in the next month and a half. Yeah. Just so you know. Oh, my God. Um, you better send me tickets. I will. Yes. I will. But the reason I tell you this is because the method that you're doing is exactly the method that we that we put in the documentary. And it's all about our life. And yes. what we touch upon is we touch upon what we've gone through. And the decisions we've had to make mm -hmm. to overcome them yeah. and how we were able to manage ourself to the position of where we are now. And you when we when you were talking about the 20 years and how we how we dealt with as a couple, we really display that mm -hmm. in the documentary. And we've done several Amazing. screenings before already and the audiences that have seen it you would be surprised on the responses that some of them would come up to us. And we literally got hugs from strangers uh -huh. that we didn't even know. Uh -huh. And they're like, thank you. Mm -hmm. I've been waiting for somebody to sit there and tell me how to open up and you just mm -hmm. did it. And I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. And they go, nobody wants to talk about these topics. Nobody wants to showcase mm -hmm. that you can have problems with family and mm -hmm. you just mm -hmm. did. And so no one wants to really show you how the sausage is made. They just want to see the final product. Thank you. <laughs> yes. 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 So <laughs> it, it it's such a delight to hear how you do your methods and all about this book and just how you do your practicing because you know, we for it sometimes we almost thought, well, should we do this? Should we we would second guess ourselves. Yes, yes. And then we'd stop and wake up and say, No, don't second guess yourself. Um, this is what you're doing is important. What you're doing, it's not harming anybody. It's mm -hmm. absolutely not harming mm -hmm. anybody. It's basically displaying mm -hmm. the truth. It's telling the truth. Now the yeah. truth may hurt. It's to offering some another perspective from an yes. insider's view, someone who's been there and walked it. And that helps people understand a walk that maybe they will never have and never could otherwise understand without what without your sharing your experience. Yes, wow. thank you for that. Thank yes, you for that. I appreciate so, you saying that. So, like I said, not to pitch us, but basically, I have to. I wanted to say just thank you for being such the person that you are, because you at least gave for myself and I know Willie yes. the ability to say, "Here, your confidence level was a little bit low. Here, it's reboost. Yeah, a lifeline. Yeah, go, go ahead and and go full yeah. forth, because you know it's hard to." It's hard to understand that you're doing the right thing when you don't get that assurance mm -hmm. sometimes. And you That's gave right. us that That's assurance. That's right. And it is painful. Yes. That is painful. And, and, you know, I'm so glad that, you know, my book helped you guys, that, you know, you enjoy really speaking with me. You two are fabulous. And I'm really Thank excited you. for your documentary. I hope I get tickets because I really want to see it. You yes. will. You will. You know, keep on keeping on. You know, share your story because it is important. 
And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of lives. It sounds like there's already people who have been really touched by it. And I yes. think you're yes. going to continue to touch a lot of lives. Well, wow. thank you. Well, wow. thank you. Thank you so much for being on our show. We really do appreciate it. This has been a awesome, a awesome, fabulous conversation. Yes, yes. And I can't thank you enough for doing what you're doing, helping the world, yeah. and getting us back on on track, and helping helping the change, helping it make change easier, mm-hmm. because you know God knows we need it right now, and you've inspired mm-hmm. us, and I I can't thank you enough for doing what you're doing. So I would actually, you. to add to that, beyond inspiration, because there's more to it than just that, and that in itself is priceless. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate you both. And look, you know, together we're able to do something important because I'm reaching people, you know, one client at a time, one couple at a time, maybe through my YouTube channel, we heard Uh therapy, you know, I I have an audience, but you two, you know, have this platform where you're able to reach a lot of people at one time. And that's such a wonderful platform to have and there's some power in that because you have the power to touch lives in in a mass amount and that's amazing and i you both are wonderful and thank you so much for honoring me by having me on your show well you're very welcome you know to add to that really quick let me tell you uh, a quick story last year when we started doing the get the get well store uh episodes uh we had numerous fans from all across the globe that reached out to us with mm-hmm. s- similar problems and so what we would do is we would connect them with the many a different therapists that we spoke to or get advice on where to send them to and we had several stories that have come back to us to where you're right our platform changed their life to where that therapist helped mm-hmm. them and you know to the point mm-hmm. where one was almost suicidal and we saved them from pulling the trigger so we are Aww, very pleased and amazing. thankful thank you and so yes you are right and we take this power um positively and responsibly and responsibly yeah. so thank yeah, you yeah you have respect for it and, uh, we and do. you're really you're you're actually shaving saving lives which is amazing yes absolutely well doctor thank you so much for being on our show we will definitely be in touch and um again thank you i just can't say that enough yes <laughs> Thank you again, everyone. Make sure you check me out on my website, drbell.com. Catch me on YouTube. My channel is We Heart Therapy. And don't hesitate to reach out if you want me to come do a workshop for you or you want to come do couples therapy. I also do intensives if you live in another state and you want to have a little retreat and vacation in Las Vegas and do a little therapy at the same time. I'm here for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, doctor, again, thank you so much. Go enjoy that Las Vegas weather and we will be in touch and possibly see you soon. Yes. Thank you. I look forward to it. The one thing to always remember is we're all going through something and it is immediately important to hang in there. Start your 2022 focusing on what matters to you and what makes you happy. Just simply care less about everything else. Only find what matters to you. 
you will survive like us and you will be telling your stories like we are for our year of 2022. You are important and it is going to be hard, but keep going. We do want to thank Dr. Annabelle for coming on our show and giving us another great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. You can find her links and today's articles on our official website, so please check it out. And remember, our BFF Foundation is available to you if you should ever need it. Go to our official websites at chrisandwill.com, Instagram at chris.and.will, and Facebook at The Real Prince Charming. We do want to thank all of you for joining us and keeping us going. Remember to take care of yourself. We thank you. And remember to love yourself and the world will love you in return. Big hugs with lots of love and smiles. We value you, so thank you for giving us your valuable time in your life. But for now, you guys, this is the Prince Charmings of Podcasting saying with all of our charm, we must go for now. And until the next episode, we love you guys. Bye. Bye. Today's episode is broadcasted on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, Apple, Amazon Music, and other podcast media platforms. Show hosts, Christopher L. Ante and William Ante. Show guest, Dr. Annabelle Bugatti. Show assistant, Ginger Lutz Ross. Show creative consultant and show introduction voiceover, Tony Ross. Business management, Janet Dickinson Menard. Recorded at the Chris Will Studios in Celebration, Florida. This has been a Chris Will production. Distributed by the Cali New York Corporation. Copyright Chris Will Studios 2022. All rights reserved. ChristenWill.com for brand details. Produced February 2022.